Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Huskies on Tap, a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies, presented to you by Fatty's Pub and Grill, and brought to you by On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at bdon300. And today, we're going to be breaking down the 52 to 47 loss to Kent State. First loss in about a month. Wild game popcorn, you know, get your popcorn ready type game from start to finish. NIU jumps out to an early 7-0 lead, get a couple stops in the first quarter on defense, weren't able to capitalize. Had a red zone turnover with the Tyrese Ritchie fumble. But to be honest, I think, like, this is like my tinfoil hat theory. It's like, yo, the dude's leg snapped like a pretzel. Like, would you hold on to anything in your hands when your leg snapped like that? Like, I don't know what exactly happened, but he had to be carted off and he was on crutches later. So tread lightly about that turnover. And after that, you know, they go up 14-3. They're able to get, you know, another touchdown early in the game to get that big lead built up. But Kent State was all answers, quick responses, two-minute, three-minute long drives. Dustin Crum was able to put the ball all over the field, and they were able to run the ball great with their RPO scheme. Defensively, first time we've really seen this defense play like this in a while. Um, it's unfortunate because they have been playing very well, but it is just one game, and it's against a team that runs probably the you know top ten towards the top 10 in plays per game each week. So the tempo was wild. It's a defense that likes to substitute a lot. It's hard to keep up with the tempo offense when you substitute a lot and we still subbed a lot, but it worked out to where they just need one stop at the end of the game and they were not able to get it even after a, a, a block below the waist call. You were you know hoping that, hey, we got three timeouts left. It's first and 20 let's hold them here. And then we got a shot, but right before that uh, Rocky Lombardi took a shot, a really nasty hit, a targeting level hit that eventually got the Kent state defender ejected. And like, I don't know, man, my heart stopped. Like you guys know, I'm pretty emotional about, you know, NIU football, Notre Dame football, Bears football, all the teams that I root for, but like, I've always said that this podcast and what I do here is so different because I have, you know, I actually have those relationships with the players. I talk with the players regularly and like just seeing Rocky down like that face down, trying to get a touchdown, you know, leaving it all out on the line, not moving like that was one of the hardest things I think I've had to see being a football fan, knowing how great of an athlete he is, how great of a, a guy he is and how great he is in the community that like, that really messed me up at that moment. And it was like the longest commercial break. And all I wanted to see was, a, you know, just a visual or a shot from the camera of just Rocky standing upright, smiling, whatever. And they were able to get to that later in the game, but absolutely ridiculous performance from our quarterback. One of the most gutsiest quarterback performances that I've seen in my entire life to the point where he got knocked out of the game late. And you know, they had to take his helmet because if they don't take his helmet, he's going to try to get back into the game, but talked with coach hammock after the game in the press conference and Rocky was in good spirits and he gave the team a, a little bit of a speech after the game. So that was 
like the biggest sigh of relief that I've had all night. Cause obviously you want to win the game, but at the end of the day, like I've had so many of these players on this show. I talked to so many of them and as a fan of their game and of this team, you never want to see a hit like that and see anything like that. And same thing goes for Tyrese Ritchie. Uh, Tyrese Ritchie was seen on crutches in the second half. Talked to Coach Hammock about it after the game. Obviously no details on the injury, but Tyrese is in good spirits. And I think, like, if there was anything that could bring up Tyrese's spirits outside of winning this game, it was to see his cousin, Trayvon Rudolph, break the single-game receiving yards record for Northern Illinois with 309 yards. Rocky ends up breaking the single-game passing record with 532 yards and three touchdowns. And, yeah, I mean, it's a loss in the in the – the win-loss column, but you scored 47 points. You were in it all the way until the end of the game, and a couple opportunities don't go your way, and you're five points short. And I, I, I didn't think about asking it, but now in the press conference, but now sitting back and thinking about it, if you look at the score line, and obviously we would have had to get a stop from Kent State at the end, of, or a stop on Kent State at the end of the game, but missed field goal was 51 yards. That was like a third and 10 that we dropped the pass on. And then a couple plays before, we just weren't able to get any more yards. It was first and 10, second and 10, third and 10. Richardson was on the money as far as accuracy, but that's he's never kicked. He's never kicked a ball that far in a game. He may have made that kick in practice, but in a game, it's totally different. So the 51-yarder misses before the half, that's three. And then the two missed extra points. We all know, uh, we saw the uh, onside kicks, the pooch kicks, the fourth downs, the two-point conversions, all that. And I really think the team was money on third and fourth down. But you don't want to be in those situations all game. And especially towards the end of the game, or not towards the end of the game, but especially to be in like third and long. We thrive off those third and short situations where we can just give to Clint, give to Jay, give to Mason Blake, Ontario Brown, Harrison, whoever. Rocky runs those. He had a, four, a third and 10. He was just like a battering ram for Rocky. He didn't have his best game on the ground today because this was the best rush defense that we've seen. But situationally, when we needed, you know, a couple yards or, for example, 10 on that play, Rocky was able to get it. So a gutsy performance, uh, not really a more like I don't like being a moral victory guy, but this is a team that by every stretch is way more experienced than us. They have, I wouldn't say they're more talented than us, but they were better than us tonight. And the beautiful part about this is if we take care of business, control our own destiny the rest of the way out, then we'll have an opportunity to see them again in Detroit because they play on the East side of the conference. So it is what it is. Uh, it was everything that it was billed for to be matched. And I think all three or all four of the games that were played were like these like basketball like scores, touchdowns on almost every play, not literally, but there was some help that we received from our friends over in Central Michigan. Obviously, we beat Central so far this year, so we have the tiebreaker over them. They beat Western Michigan. That's a team that we play later in the season. So puts Western Michigan pretty much out of contention. Toledo lost to Eastern Michigan last night. Crazy game as well. 
And we almost got some help from Akron, of all people. Akron fumbled the ball with like a minute and a half left going in to take the lead against Ball State. So wild, wild 48 hours in the MAC. I almost slipped up and said MAC conference, but I didn't hear any of those tonight. We really got to work on not having so much bias in the broadcast. Every game that I've watched from home this year, which is like the away games, excluding Michigan, it's been a very pro the other team broadcast. Just don't understand it, uh, especially in these games where there should be no dog in the fight. They clearly took the side of Kent State. Maybe it's because they're the home team or whatever. I don't really care. As someone who went to school for this, studies this, and as someone who works for a company that allows me to be biased, I know bias when I hear it, and I definitely heard it all over that broadcast. And you got to give respect where it's due. We have a very good football team. There's a lot to hang their, or there's a lot to be proud of. They should not hang their heads. The defense, they have to get better. They have to be, you know, able to make tackles in the open field. But this was the highest powered offense that they're going to face for the rest of the season. If you look at the three games that we've lost. All three games, we've given up over 50 points. So it is what it is. They weren't able to get the stops when they needed them. And the offense showed once again that they can be a chameleon and they can create new ways to score points and new ways to win football games. And today we may not have won the game, but Rocky threw for 530 yards. Trayvon Rudolph, you know, 309 in the air. Richie had 60 before he went out. Tucker came back and had 60, like – Everybody ate a little bit today, but they weren't able to come out with the victory. As Trayvon Rudolph alluded to in the post-game press conference, it's kind of a humbling experience. He felt that they maybe needed to get back on track. Obviously, they had a little bit of a longer layover, so you could attribute you know, the loss to maybe having extra time off. But the fact of the matter is, is this team is very well locked in on knowing what they need to do in order to progress this season to the next level. And I fully anticipate that they'll be able to do that against Ball State next week. On the offensive side of the ball, it's going to be a joint player of the game. It's going to be the the Rudolph the Rudolph Lombardi connection, uh, combining between the two of them for 309 total yards. Obviously, Rudolph with the 309, Rocky completed the game with. 532 on 33 of 57, 9.3 yards a pop, and all three of his touchdowns going to Rudolph. But you really just saw great football on the offensive side of the ball from this team. 47 points should be enough to win you most football games, but we now know that if we get into another shootout like this, that the offense can hang. Jay Ducker didn't really have his way until the third and fourth quarter later in the game really wore down that defense. He was able to get two touchdowns and have 100 yards on the day. And then Clint, too. Clint had two touchdowns, and there's so much that he does that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. You can't be more proud of a guy like Clint, who actually just got invited to the Hula Bowl as well as the East-West Shrine game. So Clint is racking up the postseason uh, games to play in in front of scouts, and he's playing very well week in and week out. You want to see them bounce back big time against Ball State. You have to win it to stay in control of the MAC West. So that's where we're going to get ready for for next week. Like I said, offensive uh, player of the games or players of the game is going to be the uh, Lombardi to Rudolph connection. On the defensive side of the ball, 
it's tough to give an MVP, you know, when they give up 52 points in the game, but yeah, and they don't even have the stats online. That's terrible. I hate how they treat the Mac games. Off the eye test. Eee. Yeah, I don't know. This is tough. I'll uh I'll go uh Nick Routine or Lance DeVoe. Just because I already know they had enough tackles and they made enough plays to at least be considered. But, yeah, don't really like giving out a player of the game when we give up 52 points, but it is what it is. Like, I said it to a couple of my friends, former co-host Ethan, like I – after the Michigan game, I think I said it when I was still in my shitbox hotel. I was like, the defense won't give up another performance like that for the rest of the season. So I'm very shocked that it happened like this. But it's not all on the players. Some of the, you know, the blitz calls that have been helping us out and have been working so well the last few weeks didn't work so well. Left a lot of our corners, our young corners, out in man coverage against very experienced MAC receivers and a very experienced quarterback who doesn't turn the ball over. So it was, it was literally a game of Madden. Like if you had never watched a game of football before in your life, you would be all in on football after watching this game. But for us, sour taste in our mouth. Uh, I got my, my sour patch kids. I got some, some, uh, some pain candy and some snacks from the gas station after the game, but tough, tough day. Um, no special teams MVP this week because no returns. And as you know, Hammock really didn't, you know, punt the ball. He punted the ball five times today. That does that seems like a lot more than we actually punted. But the punts, this was a game that you really don't want to punt at all. I mean, you saw him kicking onside kicks in the first quarter. Kicked an onside kick right after they scored a touchdown. And they got the stop there. That's when I thought, okay, this defense is going to be locked in today. That So we were fooled. It's a four-quarter game, but it's a long week. The guys got to lick their wounds, get back in the facility, get back in the film room, figure out where they went wrong, and make sure that it doesn't happen against Ball State. I can guarantee, though, that Ball State ain't coming in here and scoring 52 points on us next week. So I highly, highly doubt that that game – like that game might not even get to 52 points total. So it's at home. It's a week from today. We'll be back there. Only got two more home games left as a student. It's kind of sad, but trust this team, trust this process, trust the coaching. And be back with us next week. Uh, I'll be back out at the facility on Friday. So, like, my schedule schedule is going to be all sorts of off just because of Maction. But you're listening to this, I'm assuming, you know, Thursday morning, Friday morning, maybe Saturday morning before you're getting ready for some other games. It will always come out the post game. The post game recap will always come out the night after a game. So I won't always post it right away. But for example, this game right here on a Wednesday, when I'm done recording this, I'll edit it down and then it'll be ready to go for a morning commute on Thursday and I'll post it on Thursday. But like, the Saturday game is a little bit of a different story, but we don't got to worry about that for the rest of the year. So as always, we really do appreciate everyone for listening to this episode of Huskies on tap presented to you by Fatty's Pubbing Room, brought to you by on tap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at beat on 300. We'll be back 
a little bit later in the week. The episode that I'm recording on Friday will obviously get edited down and it'll be out before Sunday night. Or it'll probably be out like Friday before dinner time, but I'll post it Monday because that's how the, the social media works. And those are like the, the prime posting hours and the better hours for people to find it in their timeline. So it is what it is, but as always, it's been a journey. It's been a fun journey and there's always going to be bumps in the road. And this team took one tonight, but they will be back and we'll be back with you later in the week. We got nothing else for you guys and go. Yeah. I got dreams of living lavish in the kitchen whipping magic. I got dreams of living lavish in the kitchen whipping magic. We got London on the track I ain't asked now for nothing I took the heart away 12 put me over coming with it They took my heart away Heart away Heart away Heart away Jumping in hard